Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris Sinzak, Aaron Camaro, back at you once again. And, you know, earlier this week, Chris, you put up a thing on the Facebook page where all our listeners go to and discuss all the rock and roll happenings going on here in Decibel Geek world. And you put up a picture. Yeah, I put up a collage of a lot of... Uh amazing rock and metal albums um from over the past 30 years and um they all have a common theme and we had some uh, interesting guesses from people and yeah, there was uh, a lot of guesses i saw a lot of people doing a lot of wishful thinking some, they're, they're looking for another year in review yeah year in review or bands that deserve more airplay than nickelback <laughs> um and then uh one person said, what's the common theme? And then, But we did have one guy guess correctly, sort of, and we're going to make him Geek of the Week this week. Absolutely. Steve Boykin was the first guy to nail it. He said, it's Mikey Wags. You ever been called Mikey Wags before? <laughs> no. I've been called Wags before, but not Mikey. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to call you Mikey Wags. We're going to call you Michael Wagoner. Yeah. So, Actually, uh, Zach calls me Mikey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So for everybody else, you want a year in review, we'll see about getting to that before the end of this year. Yeah. But tonight, we're, you're in for a special treat because we've got something way better than a year in review show. We are here with Michael Wagoner. Yeah, and, hey. and we're, uh, we're on location at Wireworld Studio here just outside of Nashville. And, uh, Michael's been here for, oh, so what, 96? Yeah, well, I've been in Nashville since 96, but... Here at this location uh, since 2008. Okay, okay. 2008 is when I started building the studio. And this place is amazing through here. Like I said, it's it's half recording studio, half rock and roll museum, and it's all (laughs) awesome. (laughs) It's it's an impressive place to be. Uh, One day we hope to have a studio like this one. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we have to sell a few hours. dollars later. Yeah, Yeah. he looks at us like, good luck. (laughs) I should also mention this episode is being produced by Michael Wagoner because of my incompetence and forgetting to bring a laptop. Yeah, well, that's... So I'm getting royalties on this one? Yeah, sure. You'll you'll, you'll get 10% of what we make, which is nothing. Yeah, right. Right. I get to I win something and yeah. finally get my amnesty from the Moose or Kento situation. Yeah, because now I you know? I did it. Yeah, now we're even. Yeah, well, and then I guess well I guess I'm in the lead because I botched the uh, first time recording Toby Wright's interview. Also, that's so. true. So now yeah. you're another yeah, national. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Toby and I we worked together way back. Oh, yeah? on the second Dawkins album, he was actually the assistant at uh, Cherokee Studios. Right. 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 What yeah, was, he was uh, great to have on the show. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. What, was, what was he like back in those early days? Well, you know, he was just the assistant and, and yeah. did his job, did it very, very well, you know, and probably watched what was going on, right. yeah. and that's what, what made him what he is today, you know. Did you think you guys would both wind up in uh, the Nashville area? Oh, I didn't think about anything at that time. <laughs> you know, just, just working on the just next about one. How to how to pay the rent was right. the, yeah. the main concern. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
Well, you know, and Cherokee Studios has quite a history from back in those days. And yeah. So you were, I mean, you were full-on witness to that. I want to go back a little further, though. You mentioned Dawkins, and from what I've read, Don Dawkins was kind of partially responsible for getting you over here to yeah. America. Yeah, And you're from, where are you from originally? Germany. Germany. Yeah, Germany. Uh, I was, uh, I had a studio in Hamburg, Germany. Well, i got to go back a little bit more. I was working in a company called Stramp. Like that amp up there? Yeah. yeah. And we're building, actually I built that one in 1975. Nice. And wow. we're building this and studio consoles and, and mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So we had a little studio where we did uh, um, demonstrations of our gear. And I figured out that working with the gear is much more interesting than building it. Right. right. And <laughs> so, you know, I got together with a bunch of people. Uh, and that had some money, mm-hmm. and we built a studio in Hamburg, Germany, and the studio was called Tennessee Studios. How ironic. That, it's very ironic. The, the name of the band was Tennessee, and it was a god-awful <laughs> country band, German country band. German country yeah. band, wow. And, but the guys had some money. They all had uh-huh. real jobs, and so we built a studio, and that's where I started. And the studio was connected to uh, a disco on, really? on the other side of the house. And then Don or Dawkins would play in that disco, and then uh, we would record it. And after the show, Don would come to the studio, and that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And from then on, we went for 76 hours recording demos. Wow. You know, which became the record Back in the Streets. Wow. Nice. Which went to number two in, in England. Yeah. It was, that was a bootleg. That uh-huh. was just demos. They're not, never supposed to, that was my very, very first ever rock recording. So wow. Dokken, like, took off in England way before they did in the States? Yeah. Yeah? Really? Oh, yeah. And then in France. Yeah? And Germany. And, and then, um, well, to, to finish the story, Don and I, we hit it off, mm-hmm. and he invited me over. He goes, come on over, and, and you probably get a job over there, and blah, 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 blah. Back then, it was, like, easier to get into the sure. country. Yeah. You know, so I came over in 1979. Mm-hmm. I loved it, and I decided this is where I want to be. And it was, that Redon- was Los Red- Angeles, right? Redondo Beach, yeah. 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 And then I started working in a studio called Total Access mm-hmm. over there with Don and and uh, um, but the economy wasn't that good back then, so mm-hmm. I went back to Germany, came back and forth, did Great White, Malice and, and all these you know, those bands in between X. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, yeah, X was White. actually the deciding factor when Tom Zutat from uh, uh, Electra yeah. called me and said, "Hey, why don't you come over and do a single with X?" And we did Wild Thing. Yeah, you know, and X was an underground uh, punk band. Yeah, John you know? Doe, right? Yeah, yeah the John Doe, Exine, Serenka, yeah. Zoom. and uh, so we. Uh, uh, this, then you know, from then on, I was supposed to be here for two weeks to mm-hmm. do that single. And I got one job after the other. I'm yeah. still here. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. still working. You know? Still got jobs lined up. Yeah. <laughs> and and but before all that, you were you were working with uh, Udo and Accept, weren't you? Well, I grew up with Udo. Yeah. Okay. You know, and we we actually found Accept. Oh. Okay. I was a guitar player in Accept in the in the early version before 1970. I was fascinated to read that. I yeah. had no idea yeah. that you guys went and that far back. And it was called back. Band X at the time, and then Udo and I we came up with the name Accept, uh-huh. and uh, uh, then I got drafted. Oh, so yeah. that was the end of that for wow. me. And then a little later, Wolf came in and, yeah. and you know took over from there. And um, and Wolf lives out here, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives about three miles from here. That's incredible. Four miles from here. So you lived in Los Angeles for quite a while. Twelve and I, years. And I wanted to ask, you know, and I understand that Nashville's a pretty awesome place. Mm-hmm. But you, I'd read that you really loved it here. What was it, you know, the first time you visited or however the, it was you decided to stay in Tennessee out of the scene, you know, in L.A.? Well, um, it, it's, it's a two-sided thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much did I want to leave L.A. Yeah. <laughs> and go somewhere else, you yeah. know? Yeah. I was in L.A. for three earthquakes, yeah. six mm. floods, three mudslides, <laughs> uh, four fires, and two riots. Yeah. That was the 12 years I was there. So, That'll do you it. Know, and the economy there is not that good. Everything right. is super expensive yes. and yeah. way too many people. Yeah. yeah. You know, if yeah. you drive on the freeway for 10 miles, it takes you over an hour. Yeah, that's And that doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what time of the day or night it is. Yeah. You know, so... It was too much, and I decided. And then I came here, and we did the last Accept album, uh-huh. um, Predator. Yeah. The last one with Udo. Right. And um, 
you know, we did that here on 16th Avenue Sound, mm -hmm. and I fell in love with, with Nashville. I go, why again am I in L.A.? And so I made the decision yeah. right then. And that was right after that big earthquake that I was two miles from, right. you wow. know, yeah. in Northridge. So I made the decision I'm going to move here. So and I guess it, it basically carried all the industry stuff you could want, but still not be the... Without the chaos of Well, of by LA. now, um, you know, in 96, we had the Internet. Right. You so, know? yeah, you can do and it from to anywhere. to me, my clientele is international. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter where they go. Mm -hmm. It's actually better if they go here because it's a little bit more cheaper. Yeah. Hotels mm -hmm. and, and all that is cheaper here. Right. You know, and, and this is Music City. Yeah. You know, Music City that everybody understands music here. Yeah. And, and so far, all the people, even Lordy from Finland, you know. <laughs> I'm trying they, to picture Lordy walking the streets of Nashville. They did. I got <laughs> That's incredible. Nice. I got a video of it, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, um, you know they are they are they they like it here. Yeah, you know yeah. they they have to travel no matter what. Right. So they might as well travel here instead yeah. of New York or L.A., where it's yeah. super expensive. Right. Well, right. you know, and I you know, and I've talked to this. I got I, I told this to Ryan when we interviewed him, um, and I've told this to other people. It, I so many. It's it's crazy because it's like, nah, and this is not that we're a local Nashville show, but just when I I grew up here, so. Imagine me being, when I was 12 years old, the Sunset Strip was exploding. All the stuff was going on in the 80s. You were putting out a lot of stuff that I listened to when I grew up. And to, I that had was a, you. Yeah, it was me. I'm <laughs> the guy too, who bought man. all that you stuff. You bought those. Oh, yeah. you too yeah. bought Yeah, we bought, I bought a couple. Yeah. I, I bought Under Lock and Key two million times. But, um, <laughs> I love that early but, uh, gray white. <laughs> yeah, so... so I had a very romantic view of Los Angeles in those right. days. Like, yeah. you know, that's where and I want to go. Yeah. It totally was. Yeah. The rock scene was there. You know, it was super, super cool. Yeah, but, like, I never could have ever envisioned. Like, I, you know, and that's part of why I started this show, because I was like, I'm living here, and half the people I want to interview are here. So, right. yeah. I was, but I never, if you told, came and told me at 12, all these people that I grew up listening to and worked on all these great projects would come and live in Nashville... Because Nashville in 1987 is not like Nashville today. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in '96 it was not. like... No, it wasn't. Like it's, it's, it's. I mean, it, it's. It's like a third of the people. Yeah, you know? and uh, but I mean, just but the the openness about other stuff other than country and bluegrass. Right. Yeah, you know, because when I was a kid living out here, it was, you you would get rock shows at the Municipal Auditorium, but other than that, it was Grand Ole Opry, Roy Acuff, George Jones, and nothing right. wrong with that. But that was all you were force fed. <clears throat> right. So. To, to be sitting here talking to you in this awesome studio about these great albums that you made, and, and yes, folks, we are going to get to these albums, and don't think that we're going to be able to squeeze them all into an hour, but we're going to do our best. <laughs> we'll try. But um, I just got to say, it's it's awesome to have you here, and I'm I'm yeah. glad you well, like thanks. the city as much as, as you do, because it's just, it's incredible to see all these people moving here. And um, But yeah, I guess because by the time you left L.A., a lot of the rock scene had kind of just fizzled out at that point, hasn't well, it? Well, yeah. You know, it started like in 92 with yeah. Nirvana. Right. Everything flopped around a little bit. And it got to a point where, and I'm not talking about Nirvana, but all the follow-up bands, yeah. right. where music got like, it was not really good anymore to me. I oh, mean, yeah. the quality of it. Right. It didn't matter if your amp was humming, if you're off singing off key, and right. you know, you're playing out of time, or your guitar's out of tune. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. Right. You know, the 80s, you might like him or you might not like him, but people rehearsed, people were practicing, right. and they did their job. Right. You know, they they did their craft. Right. And, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. So mm -hmm. I got out. Right. I got out yeah. for like four years and went into video. And back then, you know, I had the vision that audio and video is going to come together at some point. Well, which turned into the DVD. Right. You know. Yeah. And and uh, um, with MTV and all that, yeah, that had to come together. Yeah. So I went into video to learn a little bit about that and uh, um, basically got out. And then, you know, 95... I I got here mm -hmm. and kind kind of got back in. Yeah, you know, and and I go okay now I'm going to be hidden somewhere in, in Nashville and on, totally in the country. Yeah, this yeah. place is hidden. It's no, it's not secluded. even this. It's 18 miles out on Wolf Hoffman's farm. Oh, yeah. that's where I started. Right. You know? Oh wow. It's totally in the boonies. Yeah. <laughs> and and nobody knows knew where I was and and so I go well it's going to be calm no. People found me, and, and, and it, it went haywire from there. Really? Yeah. First three years were maybe a little bit calmer, but 
around 2000, it went one after the other. It was like back in the 80s. Yeah, and yeah. it has never stopped ever since. You know, I'm wow. still working sometimes 16, 18-hour days. Wow. You know, and, and full projects. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working completely different than the normal work thing is in Nashville. Right. You know, I do full projects. Bands are here for two months. Mm-hmm. You right know, on. it's not like, okay, it's a three-day booking and this and... No, we do whole albums. That's Excellent. cool. Yeah. And Excellent. yeah, there's mixes and, yeah. and, you know, sometimes... Now, lately, once in a while, there's a, a bunch of EPs in there, four or five songs, mm-hmm. but right. it's still like a full project. Because even know? back in the day when you got an a album or, a, or even a cassette or a CD... You know, you'd say this album has a certain vibe to it. Yeah. You know, and nowadays, if you you know you're recording this song here and you're sending it there, and they're recording a couple of here and a couple there, and the musicians are not even in the same room, yeah, yeah, in the same city. How can you get a vibe out of something like that as opposed to a place like this? You know, where and you got four or five producers, uh, four or five engineers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's to me a record is a record. It's yeah. like it's an album. It's something even if it's not a concept album, mm-hmm. uh, all the songs have to have a right line going through it. Right. right. You know, they all have to fit together. They all have to be like that band. Exactly. You right. know, um, nowadays I turn on the radio and I don't know which band is playing. Yeah. If I turn right. on something like one hundred five nine, a classic, classic rock, rock. Yeah. It yeah. takes one bar, and I know what the band right, is, right, yeah. you know? Right. And I think we should get back to that. Yeah. yeah I'm absolutely. still working on that. Yeah. You know? Well, Music um, that's memorable, that, yeah. that lasts. Yeah. yeah, and a sound. Yeah. Right. You know? You hear Zeppelin, you hear, like, two notes on the guitar. Like, boom, and you know, yeah. That's right. it. Yeah. yeah. You, you know? know. Totally. And, well, and um, so when you got into this thing with Dockin and everything... So you got to basically f- witness firsthand the Sunset Strip exploding. Yeah. I mean, the, when you got there in 79, it was right at the very beginning of that. Right. And then, so, I mean, tell us. What, what was it like was to it? be the most popular German in well, Hollywood? Well, I wasn't. No? I wasn't. No, not in the beginning. Nobody knew me. Right. You know, I, I um, in the beginning, um, when I came back, I came back in 84, Mm-hmm. Um, went back and forth, did some records there, balls of the wall over there, and Restless and Wild, and, yeah. and you know, and and then uh, did the stuff over here, and and then came back in '84 to do X, right? And I was staying at Don's house together with Ellen Niven, who became the manager of Guns N' Roses, right. and yeah. Great White, yeah, you know, Incredible Bobby manager. Blotzer. Oh really? You know, it, yeah. That was that whole South Bay thing. It was everybody knew each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I did a demo with Mick Mars in uh, in when he was in Vendetta. That was his wow. band before really? the crew. Yeah. Nice. And wow. Udo I actually that. sang on it. Who? Yeah, I, Udo. Oh wow. Same background. I actually oh, when they were playing that. here, I gave him a reel to reel of uh-huh. that demo. Yeah, and he freaked out. Wow, he did. That's your demo, and, and he kind of freaked out. That's you know? back oh, when he was I still bet. Bob Deal before Mick Mars, right? No, he was. Or was he already calling himself? That? I, I think he was Mick Mars already. Yeah, that's, yeah, he was Mick Mars already. And, well, yeah. Well, you got to work on uh, Too Fast for Love. Yeah, but that was the whole reason. Yeah. I did the demo with Mick, and then um, I went back back to Germany, came back here for vacation, and and I run into him because. Dude, you got to help me with my new band. It's called Motley Crue. Uh-huh. And I go, awesome. Okay. Yeah. You know, I go, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to mix the whole album. And we had four days on a Soundcraft console with an analog tape machine in Andy Wallace's studio. And uh-huh. I didn't even know till way later that that was his studio. Uh, and, and we mixed the whole record. <coughs> wow. Yeah. And they only made, I think, a thousand of it. And what did you think of Motley Crue? When you oh, I loved it. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I walked in the room... Uh, Meeting the guys, and there's Tommy on the floor lighting his farts on fire. <laughs> That's how I met them, you know. And Mick goes, this is my new band. That's and, a first impression. And, and to me, the whole thing with puffed up hair, yeah. and to me that was like awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a style, you know, and, and those guys, I mean, at the time, those guys were living in one room together. Yeah. And yeah. Mick's bed was behind his Marshall stacks. <laughs> that was his room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then... It exploded overnight. Yeah, you know, it was it was it was a, a big deal. Um, I liked the band. I thought it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, then it, it would become that big, that fast. Yeah, 
I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. You, know, you never know, really. Yeah. I suppose that was that the first real big one for you, the one that really blew up the most. It pretty much was. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the the but record that I did was right? only like, like I said, a thousand copies, and then Roy oh, Thomas yeah. Baker remixed it uh, for Electra. Right. There's a character. It, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roy yeah. Thomas Baker. And and then uh, um, that was released, and and that was pushed, you know, really hard. Yeah. And, and I mean. Not a clue. They lived that lifestyle. It yeah. was great and, music, and, and it, it was, was real. Yeah, yeah, there was no right. pretense. Real and real. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, that was the, actually the first big band. Yeah. And then Dawkins became big on Under Lock and Key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second album was good. We worked with Roy Thomas Baker on that yeah. record. What's it like working with Roy Thomas? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of my big idols. Yeah. You know? Uh, Journey and, and Queen and uh -huh. all that. And you, I walked into the room and go, so, about those Queen backing vocals. Uh-huh. You know? Mm -hmm. yeah. He said, we sat down and he told he me. told you and, the secret. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then I married his secretary. You did? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. So did Working you go with to... him, it's just like, it it taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, and and later on when we did under lock and key, I go. So I'm I'm looking for a big drum room. He goes, rent the forum. Yeah, that's yeah. a big drum room. Yeah, that's a yeah. pretty big drum room. So and now, deep thoughts with Tommy Lee. What color panties are you wearing? Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Hi, this is Lemmy's liver. Man, am I exhausted. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. And then later on with Skid Row's first album, he had just done a record in, in Wisconsin uh -huh. and, and uh, uh, at Lake Geneva, Royal Recorders. Right. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. And then they were, right next to the studio was a big convention center, uh -huh. massively big. I mean, the room had a 120 cars in it the night before we started recording. Uh, wow. So it was massive. We had to have a roadie sleep right next to the drums so nothing gets stolen. And, wow. You know, but it was the old Playboy Resort. Uh -huh. So Skid Row, 18, 19-year-old kids, you know, me being fairly young, and, and we just went crazy up there. Yeah, It so was amazing. It was recorded in Wisconsin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And the I would have thought no been more. New Jersey. Really? It was, uh, it was the old uh, Playboy Resort just right next to Lake Geneva. Wow. That's amazing. Big, I big hotel it. with, like, a bunch of golf courses. Yeah. And they have their own little landing strip and... And Hefner, Hugh Hefner had a room in the hotel and wow. with view on the pool and so, so that's pretty amazing. So how Fantastic. how hard was it to corral Sebastian for that uh, for that album? Was he uh, not at all? No, yeah. no. It no. always struck he, me as kind of a wild child during. Well, that he era. is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But he took his work really seriously, uh -huh. you know. And I don't care if somebody drinks a beer, yeah. you know. Heavy drugs in the studio don't make sense because it's a waste of time. Right. But, yeah. you know, he didn't take heavy drugs at the time. Right. I don't See, know but if again, he ever did. But Again, it goes back, I think, to it being real. You know, yeah. when you get Sebastian Bach and he's a rock and roller, you know he's a rock and roller because yeah. that's what he really is. You know, yeah. he's yeah. putting on an act. He ain't, wasn't no, put together. No, band, he lived you know? that lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and, and that's also, what makes you know, music so good. He went into the studio. He didn't drink a beer or anything before. Yeah. He did his job, and then he had a well, beer his, afterwards. His, his vocals, especially on that album, just, I mean, the hot... Oh, the first one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you. even with all the people you've worked with, you had to have been a bit in awe with some of the vocals he could hit on that record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, let me tell you this, it was a lot of work. It was? And that's where I'm going to leave it. Oh, yeah. okay. You know? A few takes. Well, you got to figure, yeah. it's, it's their first yeah. album, yeah. you know. It's all a slave to the grind, you know, that's... I love that album. Yeah. 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 And Sebastian is an awesome singer. He's yeah, an he awesome is. entertainer. Yeah. There was a little bit of a pitch problem here and there. Right. You know, but we we did it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we worked on it really hard and, and he worked on it really hard. And he would not leave the room till 
we actually had everything on tape. Yeah, fantastic. You know? And and take it really really seriously. Yeah. yeah. So so did everybody in the band. Right. Yeah. Everybody was like you know and at the time the record was already written mm. when Sebastian came in. Right. And and he just sang it so to speak right. you know and the second record he co-wrote some of the songs some of the lyrics and stuff like that yeah. but but the first one was already written but it we did it in two months wow well but slave to the grind you know aaron and i are both i, mean, I put it up there one of the greatest rock yeah, albums of all I, time i do too yeah. we're, we're both time. we're both massive fans of that album there's and not I, a bad song you know there's so many albums where you say ah there's a couple good songs here and there on it there's not a bad song on slave to the grind no see one. that's what happened <clears throat> that's what happens now Mm-hmm. With iTunes, where you can just pick the song, song that you right. want, yeah. and you know, there you had to have ten great songs, yeah, and you had one weird one, mm-hmm. you know, that was like the six seven minute song, and you know, that way you go, okay, we don't care if that goes on the radio, that's yeah. what we want to yeah. play. But you had to have great songs. You had to be great to even make it into the studio. Right, a studio right. day was two and a half thousand dollars at that time. Yeah, wow. you, you know, and for a. you to somebody give you that money to go into the studio, you had to be good. Sure, yeah. you know, and you yeah. had to have something. And nowadays, it's just like anybody with a fifty dollar M box can do a yeah. record, calls right. themselves a producer, you know. But the whole thing with a band being in one room and 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 living through the record and working on the record together, mm-hmm. even if they don't record everything at the same time. Right. Right. But they're there. Yeah. You know? When we do the drums, everybody's playing. Yeah. You know? So um, that is gone lost a little bit. Yeah. You know, sure. with, with affordable recording technique and, and it's it's gone lost a little bit. You know, it's it's like we talked about with Toby Wright. Just because you can record music at home in your bedroom right. doesn't mean you should. Or doesn't mean if people are ready serious. for it to be released. Well, it is, yeah. and, yeah. and it's not the gear. Right. It's yeah. this, the ear, yeah. you know? Yeah. You have to have an education in it. Right. You know, and it's and, and, and like reading a book is not an education. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it gives you, puts you in the right direction, but uh, experience is, is valuable. Yeah. Very, right. very Take valuable. Take it from a, a man who's got a, a lifetime of experience, you know, yeah. and, and look at the, the resume. So many great albums. We yeah. talked about so many already. Yeah, and, well... Before we get off of Slave to the Grind, I gotta ask: Was the was it an intentional homage to the Ramones on Riot Act, or was yeah? The, I didn't know yeah. if it was an unconscious. Yeah, totally. Thing. That's Rachel. Okay. Yeah. Rachel yeah. is a total punker. Yeah, he yeah. loves punk, and and yes, absolutely. Okay, because I listen to that, I'm like, it's totally teenage. Well, yeah, that's like, her, like that's yeah. like that uh, EP, the Besides Themselves, where what's the story? Yeah, they mixed each, that, they I each, think. Yeah. They each got to pick yeah. the song right. they wanted yeah, to cover. You, you know, too, right? yeah. you know which one Rachel picked. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's the punk cover. Yeah, for sure. and they play that live, and yeah. he sings it. You know, it's awesome. so yeah, no, he's a punker. Yeah, oh, but yeah. he's also an amazing songwriter. Yeah, you know, it, it blows my mind what that guy can come up with, and and Snake as well. Yeah, you know, and the team together, they're those records. Right. That's them. You know, so amazing. They're amazing. And now we we did uh, uh, Revolutions Per Minute. Yeah. And that has some punk stuff on it. You know? Was that the one where they do the rocked out cover of of, uh, I Remember You? Or was that the first one? I'm not sure. I think it's on Thick Skin. They. Or was it thick that skin? was thick skin. Yeah, that, RPM is the not... one with the country song, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cow punk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. weird to hear Skid Row doing a country type song. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's cool, three though. or four yeah. versions of that song. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. So, yeah. See, I still buy Skid Row albums, and it's okay. Good. Thank you. It's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's all and you good. still you still have a relationship with those guys, right? Oh yeah. 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 And I mean, from that first record on, from the first day on we became brothers yeah you know especially rachel and i and and yes to the day we still have a great relationship and on that uh, first album was there any john bon jovi sightings around the studio because i know he yeah was, he, he was came by because in he was band. involved yeah you know yeah. and 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 john took them on tour later on right. and that was a big big help in them becoming big right oh, yeah. the music was amazing mm-hmm. the performance was amazing it just had to be brought to yeah. the people yeah you, gave that you know and at that time you know you can't get brought to too many more no. people <laughs> than standing in front of bon jovi yeah, yeah they, they, they did that massive. they yeah. would open up for bon jovi in front of like twenty thousand people 
and when their opening up slot was gone, they would go into a club in that same town and play yeah. while Bon Jovi was on stage. Right. So they worked their asses off. See, yeah. so then you get the guys at the arena that brought their girlfriends going, this opening band is awesome. Right. And then you got the other guys that are down at the bar, you know, getting right. to see the great band, too. But, That's yeah, smart. Johnny was at the he was at the studio. They came in, and he actually sang a lot of harmonies on, on those songs. Really? Yeah. And I erased everything except for one line. And which and line is that it? line is in I Remember You after the solo. There's one line harmony. Really? Johnny Solinger? No, no John Bon Jovi. Oh, John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I'm oh, I could just that. see the band sitting in the hallway. Uh-huh. And he does the harmonies and they'll go. <laughs> so he walked out of the door and I just erased it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> John, I thought Jing Johnny knows that. Uh, well, he does now. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Broken right here first. But, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, I Remember You. There's a... He sings, I remember, I remember you. That's yeah. after the solo. Uh-huh. And and that second line has a harmony, a lower harmony. Uh-huh. And that's, that's the him. only line I kept. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And that's why we're still friends with kids. Let's get rope. That's very cool. <laughs> so, um, and I was telling him on the way here, I was like, you know, talk about range. In the same year you worked on, look what the cat dragged in and Master of Puppets. Master Puppets and Striper. And Striper. And, uh, yeah, and Dokken, I think, was that same year. There were seven albums in the top 200 at the same that's, time. That's wild. Wow. You, yeah. were, you had and, your hands and, full. And four of them in the top 40. Wow. At the same wow. time. Nice. Incredible. Yeah. So how overwhelming was it for you in those days? I mean, like... You know what? Around the clock. I didn't even... even. You mean the, the workload? Yeah. Well, oh, the workload from 19... 19- 85 till 1989, I worked every single day yeah. in between 12 and 15 hours. If I had a day off, I was traveling from Chicago to L.A. That was that was my day off. Wow. wow. But every single day, Christmas, New Year's, every single day. Mm. And, that and so bad I was doing close love, to though, right? a nervous breakdown. Oh, really? At the end of that, yeah. yeah. I did uh, Alice Cooper and then uh, Bonfire from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And if there wouldn't have been a band that spoke German... I probably would have killed, <laughs> killed somebody. Oh, it was nice wow. to hear some familiar voice. And then I went on vacation and, and, you know, reloaded. And, yeah. And, but that was that was a tough time. But, you know, in that time, it was everything. It was two Bonfire records, two White Lion records. It was a Skid Row record. It was yeah. it was uh, uh, Striper. Yeah. It was Dokken. And two Dokken records, I think. Yeah. And all that stuff, That's you wild. know, was, was in that time. All big bands. Steve Jones I worked with. And, yeah, I like that. You know, and, and it was just a lot, a lot, a lot of records in that time. Well, well talk about the, the Poison guys. What were your thoughts on them when they Well, the Poison, picture? I got approached by uh, Rick Browdy. He was the producer. Mm-hmm. And they had just, you know, it was a, a, a first album for a new band. Mm-hmm. And um, they were more of a party band than a musician's kind of band. Right. right. So... And <laughs> to the day, they talked to me about it. Um, so they came to me and they go, okay, we got $5,000 to mix the whole album, or we can give you one point. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it, and I go, I take the five grand. You, know, oh. you didn't think it had a chance? I, it was just, the recording was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. And then um, to the day, when I walk into the dressing room, and CC goes, there's Michael, I'll take the five grand Wagner. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but he likes I to mean, stick it to you. Yeah, yeah. It, it became, and they became big for a different reason. Yeah. You know, people had a good time, and, yeah. and you yeah. know, and, and uh, uh, well, it's all valid. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, we did the record. Oh, Metallica was in that same, yeah. that same yeah. time. The difference between like yeah. Poison that's and say, Metallica. That's a, and I think that was like right in a row. Wow. Well, okay, so then you go to Metallica. Obviously, you had to have been impressed with the playing on that stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Metallica was great. Yeah. You know? and and But at the time, they were just a normal band. Right. You know, that they became the biggest metal band in the world. Yeah. Same with Motley Crue. Right. The yeah. biggest type band like yeah. that in the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you'd never know. Right. And and uh, um, that was that was a hot time. And, and you can't just go, all right, 
here, you want to do Skid Row? And you go, no, I'd rather go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. I'll do this. Of course I'll do this, you yeah. know. And meanwhile, you go back on the eyes. And, <laughs> like, why did I say I'd do yeah. this? Yeah. 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 So but, you know, you make some money. And, and, mm-hmm. and once you have a couple of records that do sell, um, people stop believing you. Right. You right. still say the same crap you said before, but now it's valid because you sold some records. Right, for you sure. Know? So, and then you get offers and the phone doesn't stop ringing. Right. Yeah. Up to the point from 91, 92, was get Wagner, get Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get Wagner. <laughs> yeah, we you can't know? find Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> well, people took, I mean, A&R guys took that White Lion Platinum albums off the wall because the new bands would go, you work with those guys? Uh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It was kind of odd. And hmm. when White Lion. And I mean, now it's all back. Yeah. The whole 80s thing is so back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get tons and tons of calls about this, calls about that. Yeah. You know, so. Because it's all good music doesn't yeah. go away. It doesn't matter when mm-hmm. it came yeah. out. You know, that's what the show is really all yeah. about. Because yeah. well, I guess people love remembering all that stuff, yeah. you know, and it's it's great memories for them. And, like, we went and saw Ryan's band play, you know, and they're just doing cover songs from a lot of stuff from that era. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody's just having a, a blast. And it's you know? so weird with, with Hair of the Dog. Yeah. They fought really, really, really hard to make that big. And, you know, you say it was big up yeah. Yeah. in Wisconsin or something. But um, it was really hard to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And then they put this band together that it's just like put together. Yeah. You right. know, the big rock show. Yeah. yeah. And they're playing everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? It was a packed club. The other yeah. Day. Yeah. It was crazy, and I've even had people message me because I've heard heard them on our show, and I was talking about going to see them, and like, like, how can I find out more about Big Rock Show? I want them to come play in my my town, and I'm like, I'll tell them. Yeah. But yeah, so like, yeah. they're already getting traction, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah and they go on 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 boats and yeah, you know, right. cruises and yeah. But uh, well, what you mentioned, White Lion, uh, Vito Brada is kind of an enigma. Like you know, you don't you don't ever hear about anything about him anymore. Right. What was he like back in those days? Well, Vito was amazing. Yeah. Vito is in, yeah. in my top three of favorite guitar players. Very well, top five, let's say that. They, I've, I've worked with so many good people. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but Vito was just like a dream to yeah. work with. You know, he he practiced he practiced his sound. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lynch, they would have a sound. You know, now they come in here, they go, "Where should I plug in?" <laughs> if they have a cable and a guitar with them, yeah. Yeah. or a pick. You uh, know, I have no room to. That's talk. why I got all the stuff sitting. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and but they would like sit there and, and and okay, that's this type of solo and the solo on wait. Yeah, actually amazing. was played while we did the drum tracks. Really, and that's the amp it was recorded with, the chrome one right next to Hooters. Uh huh. The owl. That's the one it was recorded on. Yeah. Yes, folks, we are looking at it right now. Yeah, very cool. And we call it's it awesome. the Chevy because it's chrome and red. Yeah, you know. And he played it while wow. we were, while we were doing the drum tracks. It was just like playing along, and we kept the solo. It's a great it's just solo. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Listen to the Decibel Geek podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher smart radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi, this is Mr. Brownstone. And when I'm not dancing with the members of Guns N' Roses, I'm listening to the Decibel Geek podcast. So I love it, organic. Slave to yeah. the Grind. That song yeah. was recorded and mixed in one hour. Really? That is the actual demo. Wow. We never got it better than the demo was. Yeah, it's we just fantastic. kept the demo. It's we an didn't even remix song. it, nothing. Well, that whole album, I know we keep going back to it, but just it's just just raw energy mm-hmm. on that yeah. album. It's just, yeah. you know, like well, that's it how the like band was. Band. Yeah. That's how the guys were, you know? Yeah. And you can imagine. After selling ten and a half million records on the first Skid Row record, 
you go into the studio, there's a little bit of pressure. Right? Yeah. A little bit oh, of pressure yeah. to not fuck up and, and, and make another great album. Sure. And I think we did it. You know, yeah. Even though oh, yeah. first album still sells about three times as much as Slave to the Grind. Really? Does. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that was a ballsy move for them to go heavier on that album. Yeah, it. but that was that was what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it you know, says a lot for them wanted. being okay. convicted. And every on band that. says it. Yeah. Oh, next album's going to be heavier. Well, they did well, it though. They did it. Yeah. Right. You know? A lot of times back then, it seems like a band will come out with a debut like Skid Row, and it'll be more poppy, kind of mm-hmm. radio friendly stuff. And then the second album comes back, and it's heavy, like Slave to the Grind was. Right. Once once they've come out with that debut on the first one, are they? Back then, kind of following a formula of what's popular, no. and then get to do what no. they want to do. Just think about it. They had ten years to write that album. That's yeah. true. And they had one year in the back of the bus to, to write the album. second album. Yeah, that's true too. You know, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> Youth yeah. Gone Wild and and the threat and all uh, the threat was the second album. Yeah, that was. Slim. But um, some of the stuff making a mess. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's heavy stuff. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah that's a good. Song. That's real heavy stuff. Yeah. Like and yeah, that. there was 18 and Light, there was I Remember You. Yeah. Those were absolute hits. Right. Yeah, they were. You know, but they were not so far removed from the rest of the album. Like, Extreme, yeah. more than words, is completely removed from the rest of the album. Yeah. That wasn't even supposed to be on the album, no. was it? Yeah, no. that's I why. Yeah, that it was pornography and... Yeah. and oh, God, you've worked with some amazing guitarists. I mean, yeah. uh, that's Nick, what I said. I mean, Zach... Yeah. And, and yeah. Nuno, right. uh, Vito, Lynch, yeah. you know, Impelitary, yeah. you know? I, I mean, the list is, goes yeah. on You've forever. You've seen a bunch of the great ones up close. So. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I want to get into Alice Cooper a little bit. Yeah. Um, you got you worked with him basically as he was basically kind of coming back from the dead. Right. I mean, after, well, career-wise and health-wise. I mean, he, the guy was a mess, right. you know, for a couple of years. So what was he like to work with at, now that he was clear-headed back in those days? Well, the first record we did together was Constrictor. Right. And Constrictor was already completely recorded. Okay. And um, I had done an album with Kane Roberts before. Kane and I were still thick, thick friends. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I mean, we don't, yeah, we don't yeah. see each other that much anymore, but, but we're still friends. Great and we call about. each other on the phone. And, you know, yeah. one of three people out of L.A. Uh-huh. that I'm still in contact with. Oh, really? With. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> From 12 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, and King was in Alice's band. Yeah. Joined yeah. Alice's band. And they had recorded this record, and they had recorded it with a drum machine, and the drum machine was programmed by a drummer that put every fill that he never could play onto uh, that record. Uh-huh. So we had to redo that. Right. You yeah. know, and then remix it and and we recorded some more stuff and and so it was more of a fixing job. Right. You know? And and at the same time MIDI came out. Yeah. So I t- Kane walked into the room and goes, You know what? There's steam coming out of your head. <laughs> I was I was like so much into it for days, uh-huh. you know, to figure this out. Yeah. Why doesn't that work? And you know, so but we did it, and Alice was there, mm-hmm. and but we didn't record that much. It was yeah. more mixing. Okay. Yeah. And then on uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, I produced the whole record. Yeah. And he was amazing mm-hmm. to work. With. Yeah. Alice would go. He woke wake up at four in the morning. Uh, drive down to Laguna Beach, play around a golf, be at the studio one o'clock, do his vocals. When he's done in the evening, he would rent three C-class horror movies, mm-hmm. the ones where you can see the strings. Right. You know, the, the watch those better. and then go home. And the next day, the whole same thing. Yeah. But he would always be there. Yeah. Very on scheduled. time and do his job. Yeah. You know, that was really, really serious. Yeah, I've heard he still is equally regimented with his schedule now because I have some friends that are journalists and. They all say the same thing because I I still would love to interview him, but uh, they all say the same thing. They will set up a fifteen minute interview with Alice, right? And you get fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. no more, right? If you're halfway through a question or if he's halfway through an answer, when that fifteen minutes is up, I go, okay, I'm done, and he'll walk yeah. out. And like it's yeah. nothing personal; well, it's just you're cutting into golf. He time, is devoted to his schedule, and he will not waver on right. it at all. Sure. Right? So, and he's got other appointments that he right. needs to keep right. up. Very busy yeah. guy. Yeah. But Alice is extremely smart. Yeah, he is. you know, and he's an extremely nice person. Yeah. When you see his show on stage, you go, "Oh boy!" You know, scary. Yeah, yeah. But he is an extremely nice person. That's awesome, great. live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And then so was Kip with him during yeah, that Kip, period? Yeah, it was Kip, Ken, and Kane, the right. KKK of rock and roll. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in Tennessee, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Kip Winger, Ken Mary was a drummer, yeah, Ken Mary. and Kane Roberts was a guitar right. player. And then Paul Taylor worked on some of that stuff, Yeah, too. Paul yeah. was in there as well. Doesn't yeah. Kip live in Nashville, yeah. too? Yeah. yeah. Kip yeah. and Paul See, both everybody yeah. followed Everyone's Paul. Here. Paul is in uh, the big rock show. Yeah, we saw him yeah. last yeah. week. Yeah. Say, well, Michael Wagner likes it so much, it must be all right. Let's all yeah. move there. <laughs> Let's too. all move there. We yeah. hear of people all the time. Man, when I moved here. here, I think Nashville had about five hundred fifty thousand people. Now yeah. it's like one point four million. Yeah, you it's, know, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's getting full here. Yeah. It's half the Sunset yeah. Strip has moved over here. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We're Sunset right. East. Yeah, but um, well, um, but yeah, Alice. Uh, that's those are. You know, and I'll admit, I like Raise Your Fist and Yell better than Constrictor. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest fan of Constrictor, but. Razor Vistanel is great. Yeah, it is. And that was real drums. Yeah. You know? That was real drums recorded at Amigo in the warehouse. They had that warehouse that was awesome. Yeah. And it was just loud and, and, you know, rock. Right. And then Al Cooper moved in there and built his studio into the warehouse, and he put a wall right through the middle. Uh And then the sound was, like, completely different. Oh, really? And he would do, like, the the scoring for uh, Crime crime Story or Uh whatever that was, you know? And and uh, you know, so I had Al and and Alice. I was gonna say, just in case anybody's confused, two very different people. Oh, very different. <laughs> yeah. I got actually, I got a, a picture of Al Cooper with a T-shirt that says Al, not Alice. Nice, <laughs> that's cool. And then he goes, Michael, you had them both. <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, one album you worked on that I know Aaron's gonna want to hear about is the uh, Overkill Under the Influence. Album. Oh, I love Overkill. It's one of his love all-time it. favorite bands. Well, that was just a mix, right? Yeah, I think it's a mix. mix. Let me go back to your. I yeah. got your discography opened up in front yeah, of me. I should say it's harder uh, to keep yeah, track mix. of it all. It was just a mix. Well, at that point, you know, I got to mix a lot of records and 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 uh, uh, like Overkill and, mm-hmm. and Megadeth and, and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. That that stuff was already recorded. Yeah, you know, and uh, um, oh, I was working so much. I can't really the, the way mixes go. You work on a song all day, mm-hmm. and right. then in the evening the band comes in, listens. If they're happy, they go on after yeah. like fifteen minutes. Right. right, you know, you don't hang that much. Yeah, there's not much. You maybe go to dinner or something like that. Right. And and uh, uh, so that's kind of like how it was. Right, and it was at the Enterprise, I think. Yeah, the Enterprise Studio, mm. and and. Uh, um, that's what I remember. Same yeah. with Megadeth. Yeah. It was the same thing. They would come in and, yep, same don't want to hold you day. up. <laughs> Disappeared again. <laughs> yeah. Except for Jeff Young, he would stay and yeah. we would work on guitars a little bit right, and stuff right. like that. That's cool. But there's a lot of mixing in, at that point. Right. I love mixing. Yeah. You know, as long as what I'm getting from people is, is okay. And right. at that time it was. Mm-hmm. But um, nowadays, sometimes you get stuff. It's, it's just forget it. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass to do. Even well, Michael you know. Wagner can only work so much magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I got the magician head, but uh-huh. you know, <laughs> some days you have to put that one on. Yeah. Right? yeah, but sometimes it's just like you wonder why some of those people are even in the business. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the watered down. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like. Really? You give me a, a DVD. It says song one with a sharpie on there, <laughs> and that's it. Hmm. And and no uh, uh, sampling frequency, no bit uh-huh. rate, no tempo, you know, no track sheet or remarks. Song one, uh, here. How much yeah. of right. stuff like that do you get? Do you still get a ton of people coming at you with stuff like that? Yeah, that unsolicited demos. Yeah. And, and and I'm I'm getting more and more picky, to be honest. Yeah, you know, um, I'm seeing so much stuff out there that's just noise to me. Right. So I'm I'm totally going by the quality of the musicians. Right. Excellent. You know, and the vibe and the and the feel yeah. and yeah. there's got to be something there that excites me. Otherwise, well, otherwise why it do it? It turns into a job. Yeah. And, right. You know, I yeah. never want to do that. Well, there's so much that going on nowadays. You know, right for something unique, something you know that's that rocks but stands right. apart from all even the if same it's, songs. Even if it's not completely something new. Yeah, but right. it's just got to rock. If it's good. Yeah. It's good. You know, it's yeah, got to have exactly. a vibe. It's got a groove. And, yeah, and, and listen to Van Halen, and, and yeah. you know, yeah. that grooves. No matter what you look at, even think the about latest the album. You yeah, know, what they're putting out nowadays. You know, yeah. most yeah. recently is is amazing as well. You or know? Uh, this guy on the wall over here. Yeah, I'm pointing Angus. at an Angus Young poster. Yeah, 
mean, uh, yeah, that's that's is that your that's guy my band. Yeah, yeah, that's the one band I would love to work with. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't care if it's in ten years when yeah. nobody knows them anymore. You know, but oh, that it'll is be hundred years of people. That's, that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Everyone's always going to know ACDC. Yeah. So you've liked them since the, I the love beginning. Them. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was when I had that studio in Hamburg. Uh, part of my job was um, uh, Warner Brothers would come and they would, in order for their stuff to hear the new music, mm-hmm. I would make a cassette out yeah. of different tapes and whatever. You know, there was no CDs and stuff like that. Right. I'd make a cassette and they would play that cassette with the new bands to their stuff. Yeah. Oh, should we sign that? Should we? Yeah. And then Highway to Hell. Hmm. Was you know, that was seventy nine? Yeah, seventy nine. Yeah. yeah, I got that, and I go, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you know, <laughs> what oh, yeah. the hell is this? Yeah, I, I loved it, and yeah. then, and then, uh, um, "Back in Black" is my favorite all time record. Oh, really? All time, yeah. and that's going to be after that. There's a long way nothing, right? You know, so it's going to be hard. So far to top above the rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. amazing. You can't argue with "Black in Black." And you just put it on, and you're grooving, and you, you yeah, know, that's it's it. a timeless you're album. You're in it. Yeah, you know? and this is one of those, well, that and Highway to Hell both, you can't yeah. really tell what era it was released in. No. Like, I mean, it, would, no. it works in any yeah. decade. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. We did a We've done two shows on ACDC. We did, like, our favorite Brian Johnson era songs and our favorite Bon Scott era songs, and both of them were two of the most fun shows we ever did. Yeah. Because yeah. just... Just and going into their catalog, and everybody so loved fun. both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, and they're deeper than that. Everybody's like, the, like the, they write the same album over and over again. No, if you really get into their deep tracks, there's a lot See, of variations. It's, it's not the band's fault. It's it's modern radio's fault it's for pu- taking yeah. five ACDC songs and playing them over and over right. and over. When there's so many good ACDC songs totally. that you could choose well, from. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. You can a play anyone. No, you know? yeah, not really. And then, and then we did a cover here with a with a band called Hydrogen. I don't know. If yeah, you know them. I yeah. remember them. With yeah. Julie, the singer, mm-hmm. as a girl singer. Yeah. I would never do an ACDC cover with a guy. Yeah, singer. you know that's sacrilege. Yeah. But yeah. Julie is an amazing singer. Yeah. So we did Back in Black. Yeah, and she sang that in one take. But you go, oh, the drums are so simple. No way they're simple. You know, he plays that hi-hat up front, he plays the snare on and the, the, the snare laid and the kick drum right on. Yeah. yeah. Try that sometime. Right. right. It's yeah. so freaking hard to do. Wow. You know, the drummer that we had was really, really good. Came out good. That was a really good reason. Yeah, I but it didn't end up on the album because um, uh, ACDC does not allow... Uh, did, did not allow digital distribution. Uh-huh. They only wanted to sell whole albums. Right. So you couldn't have one ACDC song or cover mm-hmm. on your record. Right. That's so what it far. should be. Yeah. yeah. For iTunes, we had to, would have had to take that off. Right. So we ended up doing 18 and Live cover. Yeah, I remember and, that. And yeah. Put that one on. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. That's cool. Call so, Rachel. I goes, okay, we'll do a cover. <laughs> yes. He goes, sure, man. Right. So on. that's cool. So, so ACDC is at the top of the list of bands you'd want to work with? Yeah. 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 Who else is and, on that And list? the next one would have been Judas Priest, Judas but Priest. that's yeah. no more. Yeah. Right. You know? It's a shame. Uh, I think Halford is one one of the best singers. Yeah. yeah. No in, doubt about it. business. You know, yeah. I've worked with Jolene Turner, which personally, that's my favorite guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Singer. And I worked with him on the Randy Rhodes tribute album yeah. that we did. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot... Of other bands, maybe oh, what is that? What is that band that sounds kind of like ACDC? Airborne. Airborne. Yeah, yeah, I like that, Airborne. I would love to They're work with them. Yeah? yeah, or even with uh, Steel Panther. Yeah, yeah. you know They'd be that's fun. my thing. We need to get yeah. them out here. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, what's on him on the way and here? Then, uh, aren't they managed by Paul Geary? I oh yeah, the they are. Ex- yeah, from Extreme. He also used to manage uh, Godsmack. Go. Yeah, yeah. But well, still, on him on the way out here, I was like. Uh, Another Nashville resident. I know you're not a big Kiss fan, but I'd like to see you get Vinnie Vincent out here. Yeah. 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 See, put out the call to Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. Get him out of retirement. Get his crazy ass down here and play some <laughs> rock and roll. Do you ever have any uh, dealings with him back in the day? No. No? No. Uh, I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but oh, here in town? No, oh, way back. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anyone's right. seen him here in He town. was opening up for Alice Cooper. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, 86. Way back. Yeah. Yeah. 
My mom was here from Germany at the uh, really? time. She had completely freaked out. The, the lights blinking and all yeah. that. She had never been to a rock show before. Yeah. Well, it didn't help things with Benny doing 25-minute guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, you know, and we always do. This is the Decibel Geek podcast, so we always talk about them a little bit. Yeah. What are your feelings on Kiss, and have you ever had any run-ins with those guys? Yeah. I, I, I know Gene. Yeah. You know, and, and back then when he had a label... And Simmons we records. went out for a dinner in Las Vegas. Actually, kind of a funny situation. And, um, and yeah, you know, the, that was all the scene. Yeah. yeah. You know? I still had an airplane at the time, so we flew to Vegas. And, you had uh, an airplane? Yeah. Yeah? I'm a pilot, yeah. Nice. And, and uh, uh, it was me and two other guys, mastering guys. Uh-huh. And, hey, let's just go visit... And you know we can have dinner, and so okay. And um, so we go there, we have dinner, and he was with Diana Ross at the time. Oh yeah, so this you is know? early eighties. Yeah. yeah. So it was them two, Gene and Diana and me. Uh-huh. We all sat at one table, wow. but it was the world topless contest. Uh-oh. So oh, if wow. you would sit with Gene Simmons and Diana Ross on one table, yeah. there will be photos. Of course. You know, yeah. and the girls with the black lines over yeah. their boobs. You know. <laughs> So, and I had told my then wife, yeah, that's where we're going, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. but they, those two hadn't. So, <laughs> they were in uh-huh. a little bit of trouble. Uh, we called it table for five. <laughs> 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 yeah. And Gene and I would try to work together on, on some, and we've been talking, yeah. you know, way back. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not and, and you know, anymore. it's, it's, it's just. It's not that I don't like Kiss. I really, really respect them for what they did. Sure. You know? The music is maybe not 100% what, what I would go for. Well, do you kind of look at them in the same boat as like you do Poison, where it was a party rock band and not... I think they're above Poison quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah you I know? Mean, <laughs> um, but well, it's obviously. what they have <laughs> achieved with their stuff it's, and, and yeah. with their shows, and, and right. it's just unbelievable. Right. You know, it's just like... I wouldn't like listen to a CD. I go yeah. a sh- I didn't see a show. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not like I hate Kiss. No, no absolutely. But not. you want the whole package with the, the yeah. visual part yeah. of it too. And yeah. and I watched them when they were here like years and years and years ago, and <laughs> watching them from the side of the stage, it's like every band I've ever worked with was on stage at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. Spitting fire, spitting blood, flying through the air. You know, that's all bands that I've worked with. Oh, right? yeah. You know? All mixed into one. Right yeah. there. And that's where it came from. Well, yeah, you worked yeah. with uh, Blackie Lawless and Wash. Yeah. What was he like to work with? Uh, he was intense. Yeah? It was just a mix, actually. Yeah. Uh, inside the electric circus. Right. And he was intense. He yeah. knew what he wanted, yeah. and he would follow that. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't intense as much as Metallica was. Right. You know, very intense sessions where they had a vision, and they followed that vision. And if you would, like, go off, no, 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 don't do that, you know? Yeah. So you kind of had to sneak in some stuff yeah. right. to to satisfy my, yeah. you know, so I could sign for it. Yeah. You know? Well, like with Metallica, they... Back back in those days, they really were not much for taking direction. I would think. No. Yeah. They they no. knew what they. And were it was like do. James sitting here and, and Lars sitting here, and all I'm hearing from James is, "Fucking drums are way too loud." All I can hear is guitars. <laughs> you know, and and they're talking to me you and like a stretch arms guys, guys, you want to talk to each other? Yeah. And 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 I go, what about the bass? He goes, He's not here. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh man! Yeah, and that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, and then Cliff came in, and and he actually we mixed together, mixed the intro to Orion. Yeah, you know, it was him and me it's at an the console mixing it. Piece of music. Fucking two months later, he's dead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what was Cliff like to work? Oh, amazing! Great. Guy. What a nice guy. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. You know, great, great musician, great mind. Yeah. A little bit out there, yeah. but in a really, really good way. But didn't it seem like he had a big? To me, it seemed like he. I would guess he probably had a. He actually had a big in, input creatively. Yes, with I what think they so. did. Yeah. And then it kind of yeah. became the James and Lars show after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I wasn't there when the album was recorded. Yeah. You know, and, and it was recorded really, really well. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And and. Uh, uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. 
is uh, you mentioned poison earlier with the whole not taking the point and taking the five grand. Is there a, is there any other examples of where something you were like, no, nah, I'm not going to work on this, and then it yeah. just shot up the charts? Appetite for destruction. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did Alan, Alan bring that to you? Alan goes, <laughs> here, well, I have this band. Can you mix this for me? I, and I honestly, at then I looked at the band and I go, they're on drugs. Yeah. yeah. You know, they and I had some bad experience with that before. Yeah. So I go, no, Alan, let him, no. <laughs> Six Damn. million dollar mistake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one was Soundgarden. Yeah. I turned down Soundgarden's, I think, when was that? 1990? Bad Motorfinger? Yeah. Yeah. That one. Oh, oh really? Man. And that was A&M comes to me and, and goes, here, what do you think of that? And yeah. then the demo that they had was way out there. Okay. It was way out of what I would normally do. Yeah. And yeah. I have to give sure. it to ever Michael Bryan owned it that I think. I think so. Yeah. I have to give it to him. He made he did an awesome job. Oh yeah. yeah it's it's great but great it, rock album. I go, no, it's not it's not your thing. Not my alley. You know? Yeah. Now well, imagine if I would have done Soundgarden and Appetite for Destruction, yeah. there would have been no other producer in LA at the time. Yeah. I would have yeah. done it all because yeah, all the people all the came out of those. Oh yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, they grew out of that, and all the way up to grunge, yeah. I would have been the main guy. Yeah. So wow. But did pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 All right for yourself. Yeah. Really enjoying it. Yeah. On the flip side of that, is there any bands that you thought were this is for sure going to be massively huge? Kane Roberts, never... I thought was going to be his his album uh, Criminal Justice. I oh. thought would have been massive. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it had some absolute hits on it. You know, and then his follow-up album there, where Desmond Child wrote a bunch of songs and Diane yeah, Warren yeah. wrote a bunch of songs. I thought that yeah. would have been great. But as far as I understand it, um, Kane and Alice had the same management, Shep Gordon. Mm -hmm. right. And um, MCA at the time was going to take Kane off the roster mm -hmm. because they just were cleaning up. Yeah, and then Shep went in and go. No, if you take Kane off, I take Alice off. Oh. You know, so they kept him and went. We yeah. show you. So Damn. they only pressed like thirty thousand records or something like that. Well, I had no chance then. No. Yeah. Damn. So I was politically. Yeah. You know, I think it could have been much, much bigger. Yeah. Huh. You know, the whole those the whole albums thing might be worth a re-listen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with that with that Rambo guitar. Yeah, the machine right. gun guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That whole. Visual, yeah, he know. was over he the did. top. Yeah, see, yeah. that's the thing, you know, yeah. and especially back then where it was so visual in oh, those yeah. times. He, yeah, you know, he was a big muscle man. He had yeah. the fancy machine and he gun could guitar. Sing. Yeah, you know, he was very a talented great guy. guitar player. Yeah, so although I almost wonder if the physique and the guitar and stuff maybe overshadowed his his actual. Talent. I don't know. I think it was just basically political. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just but at the time, you got to figure that can't. It's going to be a help, not a hindrance. Well, yeah, because he was in times. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he was that that lineup that Alice had was a pretty visual oh. lineup. I mean, holy shit, with <laughs> Kip Winger yeah. and, and you know and and Paul yeah. and Kane and then Ken Mary is one of the best drummers I know. Yeah. You know, I still have memories of Saturday night watching Headbangers Ball and they'd regularly play the uh, Freedom video. Yeah. With yeah. the huge stage and everything, right. and you know, and Kane's up there all oiled up with his guitar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shooting rockets. Yeah. <laughs> that was the times, you know. Yeah, very Good memorable stuff. video. Got a question, comment, request, or legal threat? Call us on our voicemail hotline at 540-DB-GEEK-1. That's 540-324-3351. I still love that amazing album. You Dysfunctional? Know, yeah. Oh, that's an you. awesome album. I, yeah. We talk about like uh, albums that you should... We were talking about Buried Treasures, you know, not too long ago, and songs that, you know, you never hear of bands that have been to the mountaintops, you know. Right. And it's, it's, sometimes like, it's later, and sometimes it's before they made it big. Yeah. But that album, Dysfunctional, is, it's yeah. probably my favorite doc. Oh, Dysfunctional, album. yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I, I was thinking Unlocking Key was my... First big album. Yeah. Right. It sold two and a half million right away. Yeah. And, and that kind of put me on the map as well. Right. You know, that's when the phone started ringing. Yeah. You know, and then that's when Metallica came along and, and, and Striper and, 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 and. Yeah. And so. 
So you guys were talking about was the pull with Dokken from the very beginning? Yeah. 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 What was it like then later on, all them years later on Dysfunctional? Was it all, exactly the same? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Exactly yeah. The same. <laughs> Tension yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Wow. If you asked George, he says, well, just make an instrumental album. Yeah. You know, that mm. was that was it. Yeah. You know? Mm. And, oh. and and Don go, we don't need guitar solos. I mean, on Breaking the Chains, Don plays a lot of the guitars. Really? Yeah. No, wait a minute. Yeah, he played guitars on a couple of songs, actually. And then that, that uh, bootleg album, Back in the Streets, that's all Don playing guitar. George Lynch wasn't even in the band at the time. Was yeah. Lynch, like, just too hard to rein in? Was he just no. too over the top? Or? No, no, not at all. I got along with him great. Yeah? We got along great. And, and, and uh, uh, it was just between them two. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I got along with Don amazingly, you know, still do. Right. And, and I get along with George. You know, still do, and but the two with each other is 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 a problem. Ah, Yeah. So, but I mean, both amazing talents. Yeah. You know. Well, this has been a pretty amazing conversation. Yeah. I gotta say, thank you very much for inviting us here. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. An amazing place, an amazing atmosphere, hanging out here, and some great stories about bands that we and the listeners all love. Yeah. You know, so Michael Wagner, thank you very much for having. You're welcome. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.